Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are y'all ready for the Bible? All right, I'm going to open up this morning and read to you 2 Corinthians 10, 5, and then I'm going to pray. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says this, We demolish arguments in every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought. Would you say every thought? Every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Let's take a moment and let's pray. Lord, we love you in this place today. And uh, Lord, the privilege of coming and lifting up your name and bringing you honor and praise, it's our privilege. And we thank you for who you are. You are worthy in this place and surely God, you save. We honor you. And I pray, Lord, would you speak to us today as we go into your word? Would you speak to every individual? Lord, we want to hear from you. And I ask God for your leading and your wisdom as I share your word. God, I thank you for the authority of your word, the power of your word, the timeliness of your word, and its ability to do great things in us. And uh, we just trust you as we listen. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know, our, um, our minds, but I should tell you this first, uh, the Christmas series of messages is going to start next week, but this message has been on my mind, um, ironically, because it's called the battlefield of the mind for a few weeks. But, you know, our, our mind is a funny thing. There are so many thoughts that go through your head in a day, right? Don't some of you wish you could just kind of like tone them down, turn them down, right? There are good thoughts. There are not so good thoughts. There are downright terrible thoughts. It's like the kid who said, you mean God, he can hear what we're thinking? They said, yes. And the kid went, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. You know, and your thoughts have various sources in your life. Of course, you have yourself. Thoughts originate within yourself. The world around us plants thoughts and concepts in our minds. God speaks to us, um, and he speaks to us even in our thought life. There are times in my life where I've had a thought, and I realize, oh, that's smarter than I am. That's wiser than I am. That uses less words but says more. There's so much that came with that just simple word from God or thought from God. Um, The enemy certainly likes to plant thoughts in our mind. Your emotions can generate thoughts. Your physical body can generate thoughts. You know, hey, we're tired. We're hungry. I mean hangry right now, right? Um, That's both an emotional and a physical thought. With so many thoughts and so many sources, you might ask yourself, well, who am I at the end of the day? Am I the sum of all of those thoughts? And I would say no. Like, am I my temptation? No. You are not your temptation. Are you what the enemy whispers in your ear? No, certainly not. Am I what the world says about me or assigns me? Nope. Um, Or what maybe others in my life or uh, key people in my life have spoken over me? Is that who I am? And I would say no. You know, if you are in Christ, this is what it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 16. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... The new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. You know, as followers of Christ, this is who we are. We are a new creation. 
The old is gone and the new is here, which means that we may need a new way of handling and thinking about our own thought life. Um, And that's really where we're headed today. We're headed to a place of how do I handle my thought life? How do I rule over it? But first, I want to dig a little bit deeper into like the different sources of our thoughts because it's so important to know where a thought is coming from. Amen? And it's so important not to assume that a thought is who you are. You, have, you get an opportunity to do something with that thought. In the medical world, it makes me think of like triaging. It's like, you know, the, the thought comes into the emergency room or comes into your mind and it's like, okay, which room does this go into? Or do we send this one away altogether? Like, where does this thought fit in my life. You know, the enemy, um, the enemy speaks to us, and we see this in Scripture, like I'm not making stuff up. We see this in several places in Scripture. One of the places is in Genesis chapter 3, where the serpent goes to Eve, and he, she, and he says, did God really say you must not eat of any tree of the garden? And, um, which is very interesting, because that's not what God said. You know, when you're reading the story, it's very clear. Don't eat from that tree. And the enemy comes up and says, did he say you can't eat from any tree? And and she goes, well, no, no, he said I can't eat from that one or touch it or I'll die, which he didn't say touch. It was interesting how in the conversation it skewed what God had actually said. Maybe that means we shouldn't talk to the devil. (laughs) Free advice. Don't talk to the devil. That's a good word right there. But you know, clearly, the enemy will distort what God says. And that is a tactic of your enemy, is to distort truth, right? You are not your temptation. Eve was not the temptation. That's not who she was. The enemy came and plant, planted temptation, and she acted on it, but that's not her identity. In Matthew 4... Um, There's an interesting scripture where Jesus is entering into his ministry, and it says, in fact, 4 verse 1, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Yep, I'm there, right? I'd be hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, it's written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And in this scripture, what we're seeing is we're seeing that the devil spoke and Jesus was tempted. He was tested. He was actually hungry. Like he was in his humanity, he was hungry and food would have been good. Y'all tracking with me, right? And yet he responded to this temptation with a God thought. He responded to this temptation with Scripture, and he says, no, 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 no. We live by every word from, from the mouth of God. Like, I, I am not going to, to do this. I, my trust is on God. We're not doing magic here to stones to feed myself in this moment. And, you know, that response of God, of, of using a God thought, we, we should hold on to that because maybe we need to respond to our thoughts with better thoughts, right? Maybe when a thought comes into my mind, I don't have to go, that's who Mike is, that's where Mike rests. Well, the thought's there, I guess that's who I am. No, I can respond to my thought and say, hey, 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 that's not actually what God's Word says. 
Hey, 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 that's not a thought that came from the Lord. You know, Jesus was, was tempted, but the temptation was not his identity. Y'all are catching that. I keep repeating that, Amen. right? Your temptation is not your identity. The enemy tempted Jesus when he was tired and when he was hungry. And you know what? The, te- the enemy tempts you when you're vulnerable. That is a tactic of your enemy to tempt you when you're vulnerable. He's not waiting for your good day. He's waiting for your bad day, right? And so what that means is that means in us, there's a resolve that says when I get to the day that I'm low and I get to the day that I'm weak and I get to the day where my thought processes aren't, aren't right and aren't pure and aren't where they need to be, I'm going to have some predetermined decisions in my heart and mind of what I'm going to do so that when I hear the enemy, I run from those thoughts. I say, no, 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 I'm not talking with you. We're not, we're not going to adjudicate this right now. We're not going to figure this out. You need to go. Something has to rise up in us and go, oh, no. But you know, what's interesting is um, it's not all doom and gloom here. You are also able to hear the voice of God. And I love that. And you know, you hear God's voice when you read Scripture. Amen. What's great is we can trust that as authoritative. And we can hear God's voice in our own hearts, in our own mind, that is subjective. And what I mean by that is it needs to be judged by Scripture, and sometimes it needs to be judged by people around us to help make sure that it's actually a God thought, right? Because many of us have been fooled in our lives where we thought God said something, then we look back at the fruit of it and we go, hmm, maybe my premise was wrong. Maybe it wasn't actually God who said that, right? But so Jesus... In Matthew 16, he goes to his disciples and he says to them, who do men say that I am? I'm going to put it a little bit different. What are men thinking that I am? What are men saying that my identity is, right? And they say, well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say a prophet. And then Jesus turns the question to them and he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter, I love Peter because Peter is the blurter. Any blurters out there? Yeah, okay, that's... You're picking up what I'm laying down. That's right. Um, Peter, in that moment, he, he blurts. Verse, Matthew 16, 15. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replies, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. Remember he had just asked? about what do people say? This wasn't revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by who? By my Father in heaven. He had a God thought. He had a God revelation. And Jesus is validating that thought, saying, you're right, that's right on track. And Jesus identifies the source of that thought and says, that was the Lord, that was revelation that came to you. Here's what's interesting. and so sobering. And I don't want to, I don't want to put us in a place of fear. I want to put us in a place of awakeness. Y'all catching me? Because what I'm going to show you, you're going to be like, maybe I should be afraid. Don't be afraid. We just need to be aware. A few verses later, in the same chapter of Matthew, Jesus begins to predict his own death. He tells his disciples, hey, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to die. And Peter, the blurter, he takes Jesus aside, bold play, Matthew 6, 22, Peter took him aside and he began to rebuke him. (laughs) 
this is not going to a good place. He's rebuking Jesus, y'all. Never, Lord, he said, you sh- this shall never happen. He's talking about Jesus dying. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Oh, you are a stumbling block to me, and you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. This is just fascinating in the scripture. Like, it's like looking at a case study like that, that really happened, right? Like you're, you're looking into this and Jesus identifies the source of the thought and he says to Peter to his face, get behind me, Satan. Jesus is like aggressive. Like he could have like been like, Peter, come on. I said it. Do you really want to rebuke me? He could have like, he could have been mamby-pamby. He could have been really soft-pedaled it. But he was aggressive. It's probably because Jesus is protecting himself as far as his own humanity from the temptation of, he's probably thinking, I don't need to think, maybe I don't need to die. Do you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane? He prayed, he said, if it's possible, let this cup. But, and it was a travailing, he says, but nonetheless, not my will, but yours be done, right? He didn't need to hear plan B. He didn't need to hear something else. And he was just like saying, hey, listen, Peter, that is not your thought. That's not another man's thought. That is a demonic thought, and I'm not having it. Yikes. But the the sobering part is that just a few verses ago, Jesus had this, I mean, Peter had this God thought. And now he has a demonic thought. And this is Peter, y'all. I mean, that's sobering. We could start off really well and then have thoughts that are just like, not the Lord. One of the Peter's challenges was, and some of us have the same problem, we just say what comes into our mind. There's like no filter. I love you. We know who you are. We're here for you. It's tough, right? It's like it just comes right out. But, you know, others of us, we just stick it way down deep and act like nothing's ever going to happen with that. How's that working for you? All right, so we'll pick on everybody. Um, in, this, in this circumstance, the devil, he is playing off of Peter's worldly thinking. Peter wants a king, not a martyr. And the devil plants a thought, and Peter runs with it and blurts it out. Now, catch this, y'all. The thing is, is it, wrong thinking is an opportunity for the enemy to come and dress that thing. Let me add some thoughts to that wrong thought. Let me, let, let's develop this a little bit more because, Peter, I want you thinking earthly kingdom. I want you thinking, you know, I, I want you disagreeing with the Son of God. I, you know, let's... And, you know, the thing is, the devil plays off your wrong thinking. That is a tactic of your enemy. Now, again, we got to be careful. We don't want to get in fear about wrong thinking, where we become the thinking police. Oh, I can't think that. I can't think. Now you have anxiety, right? I remember that was a real challenge in my early Christian life, was I, I was such a perfectionist about it. I was like, I can't think that. Like, man, I tell you what, whew, it was a workout. I didn't need to go to the gym. It was happening right there. I was just burning calories, burning them. And the Lord had to speak to me, and he spoke to me through leaders. He spoke to me through his word. He spoke to me through his Holy Spirit and say, chill. 
Actually, he gave me a vision once of the easy button from Staples. Like, bro, give yourself a break. Like, back down. I am not the source of your anxiety. I am not trying to send you on these rabbit trails. I am not leading you into this. I'm going to lead you to peaceful, right thinking, and I will make what truth clear. You don't have to strive for it. You have to receive it and rest in it. And that process takes time. It's something that it is a lifelong journey, the renewing of your mind. A lifelong journey of the Word of God, the presence of God, people around you going, that's not true. That's not true. What you're believing about yourself, what you're saying right now, that is not true. That is wrong thinking. And it takes faith sometimes to tear down some of those things and say, you know what, I'm not going to let anyone build on that. How do you fix that thinking and wrong thinking? Well, God's Word, right? Prayer, counsel. Now, now we're ready for 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I told you before, like, I, I want to I take you to the kind of the solution. And, and I want to remind you before we read this, do you remember just a, a couple moments ago, I was reading to you and Jesus is looking at Peter going, get behind me, Satan. And you're like, you don't have the thoughts of God in my life. It's like pretty aggressive. It wasn't subtle, right? The scripture I'm going to read to you is very similar. It's a, um, a strong scripture. Why? Because your mind is a battlefield that matters. And there's sometimes when you've got to be a little bit vicious about some things that are warring against you in your own mind. And you've got, it takes a little faith and a little courage, a little gumption to go, oh, no, I'm not believing that. Here we go. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Can you let that seep in for just a second? Divine power to demolish strongholds. Y'all, the fix is in. You're not in a battle that you can't win. You are a battle that is not fair. God's word, the truth of his word, its ability to stand and God's thoughts towards you and the strength of those thoughts and their ability to stand and, test, and be tested by time and circumstance and those kind of things are so much stronger. They come with divine power to demolish strongholds. Y'all hear, hear the fix is in. Verse 5. We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Demolish. That doesn't sound very subtle. That sounds like sledgehammery, right? That sounds like we're, we're, we're doing a complete kitchen rehab and we get to tear the whole thing down. We demolish these arguments. And then the last part of this verse is really key. And we take captive every thought, and make it obedient to Christ. Come here, you little thought. Come here. You're going to go see Jesus. And you're going you're gonna to bow before Jesus. And he's going to tell you what's up. I mean, the author, the, the author here, the Apostle Paul, he understood that your mind is an absolute battleground. And the, the war for your thoughts is a spiritual war. 
war, right? Because if you think wrong, everything is going to flow from that, that wrong thinking, right? Strongholds, these arguments, these pretenses, they set themselves against the knowledge of God. And these, they can be so many things, things about your own identity, things about people around you, things about your, where you are in the world and what's going on. Like these are arguments and pretenses that are against the knowledge of God. And it's fancy speak in the Bible for they're just lies. These pretenses and arguments. And so what do we do? We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Y'all, this is aggressive. Take captive. We'll run that little thought down. It's an aggressive thing. It's right. Come on. Is that Abigail? I've always liked Abigails. Um, it's an aggressive, assertive thing to take captive. And it goes every thought. The idea is that you are a steward of what is going through your mind. And here's the thing, you are not alone when, you're, when you are stewarding these thoughts and when you're grabbing a hold of a thought. You can talk to Jesus right there. You can say, Jesus, I'm having this thought and I need real wisdom about what do you want me to do with this thought? And the Lord says, kick it to the curb. And you go, kick it to the curb. Like, like you, you seek the Lord for his wisdom and his thought. And here's the thing, for some of us, we go through the, the kind of the, the rat wheel of like, okay, I think about this, and then I think about this, and I think about this. I'm traumatizing some of you right now, right? You're like, that, and you go through this cycle, right? Give you permission to get off, to take that thought, put it before Jesus, and see how it does. Walk away. Say, Lord, here's the thought. I'm not sure what you want me to do with it. I remember years ago, I was trying to judge a thought. I was out here in the field, and uh, my mom was in... What I didn't know at the time was her last month of cancer. I had just, uh, with her battle with cancer, and she was going to go see Jesus. I had just baptized a woman in hospice, um, like gone to her home. And it was kind of an eerie thing to like go and baptize someone in hospice when your mom is fighting for her life, right? And um, I'm in this field out here because I missed the, the Wednesday night Bible study and youth was going on. And so it was like, I was like caught in between time wise. So I'm just out in the field praying and talking to Jesus. And while I'm praying, I have this thought, what are you going to do when your mom dies? And I have to admit to you, I had no idea what to do with that thought. I didn't know if it was God. I didn't know if it was the devil because I thought, are you trying to like undermine my faith right now, right? Are you trying to like, like or um, God, are you trying to like get me ready for something? Like you ever been in that place where you just don't know? And so I, I thought about this, and I thought, okay, Lord, I'm going to put this, this, this question before you and let you give me the answer. Because if you give me the answer, then I know it's you speaking, and I know that I'll have the right answer. Because you can give me the question and the answer, as opposed to me just answering. Because if it is the devil, I don't want to talk to him. Amen? So I... I I came up with this scheme, right? I just, okay, we put it before the Lord. I just kept praying, and I kept praying. And then the Lord spoke to my heart and said, yet will I praise thee. And I realized, when God asked me the question, what will you do when your mom dies? He wasn't prophesying that she was about to die soon. Because if the Lord tarries, my, my mom will go to heaven at some point. And so it was like, it wasn't a, 
immediate kind of thing. It was, what is your response going to be when she goes to heaven? Because, you know, I will like, would likely outlive my mom. And when I heard those words, yet will I praise them, I realized the Lord was speaking to me. And I, and I said, Lord, I am going to praise you when my mom goes to heaven. That is what I'm going to do. He gave me an answer before I needed it, right? It was like days after that. My mom sat me down in the hospital room, and she said, son, I'm going to go to heaven. And she, she took the battle out of my hands in that moment. And she said, I'm good. I'm ready to go. How do you fight with that, right? And she went with such grace. Like a, it was like two weeks later, she went on to heaven. And when I backed up, I realized the Lord was preparing my heart for that conversation when it was taken out of my hands. Because I was in a... I was in a faith battle, and I was like, you know what? I know God can heal him, heal my mom. I know my God, God is a healer. Like, I honestly did not expect my mom to go to heaven. Really didn't expect it. And God was gracious with me. Now, that's a story where it turns out where it was like, that was a God thought. But what I'm sharing with you is that we can put our thoughts before, God, before the Lord, every thought, and say, Lord, I need your opinion about this thought. And you know, the enemy loves to take a piece of truth and build a bunch of lie around it, right? Well, you're not very good at such and such. Well, maybe you're not. But then all the rest of the stuff that he puts on top of that, that ain't the Lord. Every thought, we make it obedient to Christ. We make our thoughts line up with his thoughts. We have authority. And I want you to hear this today. You have authority over your thought life. That's something that God has granted you as an individual, is the ability to decide how you will handle your own thought life. You are not controlled by your thought life. You have the opportunity to tell your thought life who's boss, right? And who your Lord is. And bring it. Remember, divine power to demolish strongholds. For some of us, we need some new patterns of thinking. The challenge with a pattern is it's very, it, it just feels so natural. It's like putting on a glove that's really well broken. You're just so used to it. But do you want your thoughts to line up with what he's thinking? Do you trust his way of thinking over your own kind of thinking? We do understand this concept of ruling over a thought, right? We learn this as a child. When, it, when a child comes up to mom and says, I'm hungry, and mom says, in 20 minutes we're having lunch, that means wait. It means you have a thought, and your thought's got to wait. Well, I'm angry, right? And mom answers, don't hit your sibling. You're like, but, 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 I feel like hitting them. You feel like hitting them, and there will be consequences, right? Like, we know that we are not our thoughts and that we can rule over our thoughts. That is normal. But the older we get, we start to begin to look at the thoughts that are going through our minds and allow that to define our entire identity. And I'm here to tell you that that's not what God's Word says. God's Word says there is a battle for your mind, and you don't have to acclaim every thought as your identity in who you are. You can rise up and say, no, 
that's not who I am. And you could say, that thought's running through my mind, and it may have some attachment even in my soul, but by golly, I'm a new creation in Christ, and he's renewing my mind daily, and I can have different ways of thinking about this. You are not your thoughts. You do have a choice. For some of us, there are words that have been spoken over us. And I'm here to tell you, you are not defined by other people's words. You are defined by what God's word says over you. You are not defined by what the enemy has spoken of of you, of the accusations, the thoughts, the failures, the self-loathing. You are defined by who God says you are. This whole thing about a new creation is such an amazing thing. Like we really were dead in our sins, and if you've received Christ in your life, you really do have a new life. Now the old life likes to try to keep making a resurrection. You just got to keep punching that thing in the face. Say, no, rise up. No, right? I buried you in baptism. You don't get to stand up. Feelings of depression and hopelessness. Can I say this today? You are not your hopelessness. As heavy and as dark as hopelessness can be, as real and palpable as depression is at times, that's not who you are. That is something that you are undering. And, I, I, uh, and I, my heart goes out to you because that, it is a heavy, heavy thing to be in a dark and a hopeless place. But that is not the, the end of the story. God has a better word and God has a way out for you. God has a way forward for you. He has a way that he wants to change what's going on in the biology of your body. He has things he wants to do to change the way that you are thinking. He wants to take the devil and just sucker punch him in the face and say, stop harassing my child. But I just want to encourage you, if you're in that place, one of the most powerful stories, if you've never heard it, is when Brenda talked about being in a deep, deep depression and how there was a day that she was sitting on her couch. It was like one of those days where it could be like, I don't, I'm not going to go anywhere all day. I'm just parked right here. There's not, no grace to do anything. And the Lord just spoke to her heart and said, get up. Just that simple phrase of get up and just breaking friction and going in a direction the opposite and how God's faithfulness, renewing the mind and transforming just how good and how good he is. I want to tell you, Jesus is our hope. And he cares about your feelings. Your feelings are not who you are, but I know your feelings are real. Does that make sense? But we have, we have a God that we can take those feelings to. Temptation. I keep saying it all morning. You are not your temptation. You have a new nature that can war against the old nature. We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought and we make it obedient to Christ. Now I want to tell you that this, the, the reason that this all works is because of this new life that we have in Christ. We cannot do this in our own strength. We cannot do this because we are good or because we've learned some mental gymnastics. We learn this because we are born again. And I was thinking about this concept of being born again, of giving your life to Christ. I want to tell you, if you've never done it, you need to do it like today. Like stop waiting. Like give your heart 
fully to Jesus. For those of you who are techies, it's not like changing over a piece of software on your computer. It's like a brand new operating system. That's what repentance is. It's like, I am going to take the old way of thinking. It actually means to change your thinking, but like at the seat of your conscience kind of level. A lot of times when the word repentance is used, they'll also talk about turning around at the same time. So change the way you think and go a different way. It's like a wholesale change, not just a piece of software, like the entire operating system change. If you're, you're a gardening kind of person, it's not like going to a row in the garden and going, well, I'm going to pull these up. It's like overhauling the entire thing and bringing in different soil and saying, we have a completely different platform to work off of now. Like being born again is a fresh start. It is a new start to life. And for some of us, it's like, well, I've been born again, but I've allowed a lot of stuff to go in there. Well, just give your heart back over to the Lord and say, God, get rid of it. Because serving the Lord with your whole heart is the simplest way to serve the Lord. It, is the, it honors Him and it, be, it reduces confusion. For some of us, for you techies, it's like you got a partition. Right? You're running two different sets of operating systems. And you know what? A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. For you gardeners, it's like having two different fields and I'm working both fields. Stop it. Just stop it. It's where you're wearing yourself out. Just give yourself wholly to him. There's this moment that we come to where we say, Jesus, I need you and want you and trust you to be the entire Lord of my whole life. Um, you are not someone that I participate in and someone I acknowledge. You are my God and you are my Lord and you are calling the shots and I want to be with you in eternity. If you've never made that decision, or you need to return to that decision, I just want to encourage you to do it today. What's the date today? November 28th? 27th. November 27th, 2022. can be your day. If you're online today and you're like, yeah, I need to make that decision, go to um, next steps on victorychristian.church and tell us what's going on in your life, and I will reach out to you because I want to pray with you. If you're here today and that's a prayer that you want to pray, it's a step you're ready to take, I just want to encourage you to be bold about it. I want you to come see me. I want to pray for you because it is such an important part of your life. Amen? Matt, will you come? And I want to ask you to stand because we're going to close with a prayer this morning. And then after I close in prayer, if you want prayer about a specific thing that's going on in your life, maybe it's a specific thought or something like that, our prayer team is going to be up in the front. And when we close, you can come up here and say, I would like you to pray for me for this, and they will pray specifically for you. Today, as I was, I was sharing the message, um, I kept on mentioning tactics of the enemy. And I want to read these to you because we want to diffuse the power of these tactics, all right? The first one was clearly, which I was being kind of ironic, clearly the enemy distorts what God says. The enemy tempts you when you're vulnerable. The enemy plays off of your wrong thinking. He likes to build around it. And today as we pray, we're just confessing that scripture. Let's take every thought captive and make it obedient. I think for some of you today, you came in today and there is a lie that God wanted to expose. And today's your day to let that lie hit the ground and never pick it up again. Say, I don't believe that. 
That is not the heart of God. That is not what he is saying. And I receive the words of God, not that lie. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your kindness and your love towards us. I thank you, God, that you speak the truth to us. Whether it's difficult or easy, you speak the truth. And Lord, today, we just say, Lord, may our eyes see things as they really are. May we perceive things the way that you perceive them. We humble our hearts and say, Lord, we want you to shape our thinking. We give you permission to shape how we see things. Because, Lord, we really trust that you see things the most accurate and that you can be trusted. And so, Lord, we bring you especially lies and wrong thinking and patterns that have undermined us for years, Lord. And we just push those over to you. And we say, Lord, we want those thoughts to become obedient to you. They have to bow. For those of us today where our identity has been built on the thoughts of the enemy and the world and so many things, and we've incorporated them as our identity as opposed to allowing you to speak our identity over us by your word. Lord, today, we let those lies just fall off. And we say, you, we are who you say we are. We are who you've made us to be. I thank you, Lord, that you call us children. I thank you that you have adopted us. I thank you that you loved us when we were a mess and you love us right now. I thank you, God, for your great care and compassion towards us. And we say today, Lord, we trust you and we trust your thoughts. We trust your heart today. And we say, let our minds be saturated and transformed with your divine power and your thinking and your word and by your spirit. And may our thinking Lord, may they please you. Lord, we love you today. Lord, I pray for each person today that there would be a confidence that you have given them authority to rule over their thoughts, that you have given them power to bring each thought and make it submit to you, Jesus. So Lord, with the appropriate amount of aggressiveness and assertiveness, Lord, may we bring every thought to you Father, I pray for those who are suffering with anxiety. Peace, be still. I pray for those, God, who are battling depression. And I say, may that break off of you in Jesus' name. And may his spirit fill you. And may the light and the hope of Christ, Lord, fill your heart in Jesus' name. Father, where there is confusion, Father, come and break through with your simple truth. You are not a God of confusion. Father, we love you and we trust you today. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.